Welcome to the Triage Method Podcast Q&A edition. As you guys know by now, this is the Thursday episode where rather than just having a broad sweeping discussion about a topic, we're going, and this is one that we get, you know, at least a couple of times per month from our clients. I was going to say weekly, but then I was, I was thinking that makes our clients sound like they're always sick. So let's not do that because that doesn't sound good. Yeah, but when you um, combine then, it with, you know, oh. social media and stuff, you can be like, yeah, we get this yeah. question weekly, which we yeah, don't. No, we get it every so often. Especially over Christmas, you know, like I, I probably got this question at least once per week. You know, people, they got a head goal, they got a bit of a flu, they're feeling run down, people are sick. The question is, what should I do when I'm sick? You know, like, what, how should I train? Should I not train? Because, you know, you'll have some people who tell you, train despite any circumstances. You know, it doesn't matter. You got to train. And then you got other people who are like, oh, God, as soon as you feel like you wake up tired, I'll skip your workout. You know, or your HRV is low, your heart rate variability is low, do not train. You know, it's, it's, it's the other side of that spectrum. And the answer is, is probably somewhere in between, as always. And I think that's the important caveat at the start of this discussion is that when we're talking about being sick, it depends how sick you are. Okay. So the, the things we clear out very quickly, like if you are vomiting and, or you have diarrhea or you have something that is contagious um, or you're sneezing on the bar, <laughs> you know, things like this that are pretty obvious, like that you're genuinely going to affect the experience of others or make other people more likely to get ill when you're in the gym environment, please stay out of the gym. You know, it's a pretty good idea. <laughs> Just common decency, really. Yeah. So like, you don't want to be like that in the gym. Um, same if you're, if you, if that's even more so the case if you're doing something like Brazilian jiu-jitsu or anything where there's close contact. Like if you've got a cough and you're sniffling and you've got a big runny nose, like try and give it a miss. Like it's bad enough having some like drip sweat from their chest down onto your face, but mucus as well. Like uh, not, not great, not great. <laughs> so yeah, they're the basic kind of common decency things. But I think what people are typically talking about here is that, you know, they've got some sort of head colds, like they got the man flu basically. You know, women can get the man flu. That's a bit sexist, but all right. Just no, you're almost as, it's almost as if it, you're assuming that males and females have different immune systems. I mean, that is supported by the research, but well, that is true, you're not but, you're not actually allowed to say it. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, we're basically talking about some sort of kind of low level illness, and they obviously vary um, in terms of their degree. And like the simple heuristic that I think a lot of people a lot of trainers and coaches use is like, if the symptoms are just above the head, you're probably fine to train. And if they're below the head or below the neck or whatever, <clears throat> maybe stay out of the gym. And clearly like that doesn't have any evidence to support it. Like, you know, that's fairly obvious. I don't think anyone thinks that that's being used in that way. It's more so a, a kind of a simple heuristic that if your symptoms are so severe that, you know, let's say like you've got a really bad chest infection, you've got maybe chest pain, you're struggling to breathe, you're short of breath, and you've got like widespread bodily fatigue, that's probably a bit worse than just having a bit of a headache and a bit of a sniffle. Um, so yeah, that's, it's, it's an okay heuristic to use. But I suppose what's important to clarify here is like, why would this even be a consideration in the first place? Like why would, would being ill interfere with with your training. Um, and I suppose like th that's where understanding the, the, the underlying processes a little bit even can help you, you know? So if you're, if you're ill, your heart rate's generally going to be elevated 
you're going to have you know elevated inflammatory markers potentially so your body your body's using the immune system to try and fight whatever um, infection or illness um, that you've come down with so your your immune system is basically upregulated to do its job your heart rate's going to be elevated your blood pressure might be up a bit and your respiratory rate might be up a bit and your temperature might be up a bit basically all of these these indicators of your current physiology are going to be a little bit disrupted um, you're going to be in a bit more of a a sympathetically dominated state so you're not going to be quite as relaxed you mightn't sleep as well so there are very real things that are affecting your physiology and obviously that then affects your capacity to perform in the gym and your capacity to recover from your sessions so there's that level of directionality in that the underlying processes of, of illness can affect your outcomes and your performance within the gym and then there's the other direction where if you're digging into your resources and you're causing further dis physiological disruption through the training process, that can affect then your recovery from illness because you're further kind of digging that hole. Um, so there's a bi-directional pathway there. Um, and we're primarily talking about, you know, a kind of a short-term illness that's likely to go away within a couple of days. Like obviously the recommendations change for things like chronic illness and chronic disease where like, it's like, Oh yeah, you actually definitely should be training because there's, there's benefits to recovering. So obviously some, the, for the, just, to, cases, just, just to add that, obviously that depends on what it is. Like, like yeah, you of course, you're fucking <laughs> bedridden and you're like, well, the boys said I should be training and you're literally fucking have, I don't know, lung cancer or something. You're like, mm. and maybe I would just consult with my doctor. <laughs> consult with your doctor um but yeah most of the time you you should probably be training to some capacity even if you are that person who in bed rest in the hospital like the vast vast majority of the time there's benefit to you doing some sort of exercise and don't worry the physios won't leave you alone when you're in the hospital anyway bed rest so they'll be are bedridden they'll be they'll be at you and that's when they'll start to dislike physios um but yeah basically in summary there, there's bidirectional effects in terms of training affecting potentially a recovery from that bit of illness um, and your illness recovering the, the benefits of that training session. Now, that's not to say that, okay, there's just no point in training at all because, you know, you could be, have a little bit of disruption to your physiology. You mightn't feel 100%, but you might just do what you can on that day. So that's where using things like RPE and auto-regulating your training and just leaving more reps in the tank might be an absolutely fine process or, or a fine approach. Um, what you wouldn't want to do is if you're feeling totally crap and you can't even get out of bed in the morning is to do your heaviest squat session of the week. Like that's probably not a good idea. And I think most people would get that. So basically, yeah, adjust your training a bit. If you're affecting others or you really feel like crap, yeah, stay out of the gym. It's no big deal. Give yourself the chance to recover. But if you do feel kind of okay, it's okay to get a training session in, you know? I would agree with that entirely. Basically I look at it and I'm like, if you are doing the stuff that, or you are ill enough that stuff is coming out of your body, whatever that means, you, you probably shouldn't be training, right? And I look at that in terms of coming out the, the we'll call it the back end, could be coming out the front end, could be coming out your nose or whatever, right? Probably not great to be training, right? So that might include coughing if it is severe enough that, you know, like you were literally like, <coughs> coughing all over the gym and everyone else is like what the fuck does this guy have fucking tuberculosis or is that the plague you know like if you are coughing so much that people are very much aware that you are in the gym you probably are somewhat contagious and they are right to 
view you as something that they should potentially avoid, right? So if there is stuff coming out of your body, it's probably not a great idea to train, right? That's a, a general heuristic that I use, right? However, if it is just something like a, a headache, you know, a bit of muscle ache, maybe even that kind of flu-like symptom, you basically have to do somewhat of a, uh, a body awareness analysis. You know, if you are like, okay, will a training session, which is going to impede your recovery, will that make you feel better afterwards and facilitate faster recovery overall, you know, like getting some exercise in some light exercise in, you know, might be like, okay, well this, this was enough to, you know, kind of get me over the edge and make me feel a little bit better. You get some maybe endorphins or whatever you enjoy it, you know, you get out and about, you maybe get some fresh air, et cetera, whatever. Is that going to contribute to you recovering from your illness faster? Right. Ask yourself that and then ask yourself, or is a training session or the training session that I have planned for today going to hinder my recovery? Like if you normally know, okay, my Monday session is legs and I normally feel, you know, a little bit, you know, deflated, a little bit sore, a little bit down for the rest of that day and the day after, because, you know, I, I train hard or whatever, then you're probably not in a position to do that workout and recover from your illness. You know, like if you already find that that session causes a dip in your recovery or your feeling of your recovery status, I suppose, uh, then it probably isn't a good idea to do that session. If your recovery status is already lower, you know what I mean? Um, so to that, that's what you need to do first. Just assess how you actually feel, how the session is going to then contribute to you either healing quicker or healing in general from that illness that you have or making the healing process longer you know if it is going to be a session that you know takes away right however there's going to be a point where you're basically on the tail end of whatever sickness or the illness the sickness whatever isn't that severe and effectively then i just look at it as like you already have something contributing to your We'll call it your fatigue bucket. You know, there's already some some water poured into your fatigue bucket from the, the illness. And from that, then all you need to do is go, okay, I probably have a lower capacity for A, performance, and B, recovery. So you can still work out. You just have to do either a lighter session with the same volume or a lower volume session. Either way, the overall, we'll call it RPE of that session has to be reduced to accommodate for the fact that you know you are in a lower recovery state you are in a more fatigued state due to your illness you know and i think that's a, a good idea to view it like that even as you get over your illness you know if you're sick for the week and you're like the whole time you were you know spewing out both ends you know it's like okay you want to then get back into training you might view it that there has been this fatiguing recovery intensive demand on my body for the last week the next week when i'm feeling better you know i'm not like everything's plugged up you know uh and i'm going into this week perhaps you view that as a kind of ramp on week where you're like okay i'm going to do lower volumes or lower intensity or lower rpe work so that i can still factor in the fact that you know i am probably more fatigued and my recovery status is lowered from being ill and probably not eating in a manner that is conducive to, you know, recovery or performance in the gym, you know? 
Um, I would also factor in that hydration is probably going to be affected again, depending on the illness that has occurred. So you may need to hydrate a little bit more than you think you do like from like thirst, uh, especially if you are trying to train or you're putting yourself in some sort of position where hydration may actually be affected long-term. And what I mean by that is like, if you're going into a cardio session, cause you're like, Oh yeah, it's, it's low intensity. It's fine. And you're going to do an hour, I don't know, on a bike or something, and you're going to be pumping out sweat. Well, you might be like, yeah, that's great for, you know, sweating out the illness or sweating out the sickness. As some people say, you know, it, does, it makes you feel good and can definitely contribute to better recovery because, you know, you're getting your heart pumping, you're getting blood around the body. You know, you can feel good after it. I would just be a little bit more aware of both electrolyte balance and, you know, hydration status, especially if you have been, you know, spewing out both ends or just sick in general because your hydration is probably going to be affected somewhat from that you know so just to be a little bit more aware of that obviously the the nutrition side of things you know it depends like you might not be able to eat effectively because you're just like every time i eat it just comes straight back up you know that's probably not putting you in a great position to do a good gym session so i would probably ease off the gym sessions until you are somewhat able to eat or at least keep food down. Um, and I would probably give myself at least a day of good eating before hitting the gym. So if you're just like, I was sick up until Sunday and you wake up on Monday and you're like, yeah, I feel ready to go. I would probably still give that Monday of eating food because you might feel ready to go and good in the morning when you wake up and go, yeah, I had my, my breakfast and then I went to the gym, but that's not to say that you're going to continue feeling good for the rest of that day. Basically, I would just give myself a confirmed good day before I actually start hitting the gym. You know what I mean? Uh, just so you can, first of all, restock some glycogen, but also then effectively just confirm that you are over the illness that has been making you spew up, you know? So I just use a little bit of a day buffer, but you can obviously just go straight in and be like, look, I feel good. I just find that sometimes your body can be a bit deceived even, um, and you can feel good, you can eat, and then you train, and then all of a sudden, you know, you accumulate a little bit of acidosis or whatever, and then all of a sudden, at the end of your session, you're, you're puking your ring up again because, you know, you, are, you were actually still sick, you know? So it, it is something to consider both the actual training session itself and then the, the hydration and nutrition going into that session yeah so just two more things to add kind of on the energy dependent side of things again when we're talking about you getting ill i would add the caveat that it's probably more of a priority to take a rest from training um if you have if you feel that the training leading up to this point was actually related to the illness. And that's really important because this does happen. Um, for example, in endurance athletes, this is quite common or people who are just constantly driving themselves into the ground in the gym. So if you found that <clears throat> over the past number of weeks, you've been feeling more and more fatigued and kind of all built up and, and, and came to this point where you're now feeling quite ill and you're not feeling great. And it's, it's probably the result of, or at least part of the accumulation of stressors, one of which was your training, then I'd be more inclined to use that reduction in training in a kind of a therapeutic capacity because it's actually what's going to allow you to come back to baseline because it's been one of the causes in this case. Um, additionally, when we talk about 
nutrition, if you're someone who was dieting and you're in like a big deficit leading up to this point, that could also be one of the stressors. So that could be tied in with the excess training volume potentially, or each of them acting independently to reduce your energy status and make it more likely um, that your immune function was going to be depressed and make it more likely that you're going to be ill. So if that is the case, then I'd be more likely to encourage you to not spend time in a deficit while you're ill. And I think that's a sound rule of thumb anyway. Um, often that corrects itself because people don't train and they're not active anyway. So what was a deficit is now maintenance. But I would definitely be trying to not deliberately undereat when you are ill because it is an energy dependent process for you to basically solve that problem, to overcome that illness, to get back to baseline. And again, that's more important if you feel that low energy status was a driver in you becoming ill, especially if it's a longer term thing. If you found that over the last three to six months, you've been ill more than you normally would be. And it seems to be associated with um, relative energy deficiency. So too much training, too little food, then it's more of a priority to kind of to, to try and solve those things. And then in terms of sleep, sleep quality is generally, generally affected when you are ill. So give yourself an extra hour or two in bed if you can. So normally, let's say you get seven hours of sleep and you normally feel really, re really well rested. Because the quality is lower, you mightn't feel as well rested. So try and give yourself an extra hour or two if you can, um, or even get a nap throughout the day. Relax, get over it, and you'll probably be fine in a couple of days. Yeah, just the final thing to add to that is I probably would, if possible, still get some light activity in, even if yeah. that is just walking, just getting the blood you know, flowing a little bit, getting some sort of activity done generally will help just just from a like bodily perspective like again like you can go into reasons behind this you know talk about lymphatic drainage and all that kind of stuff but realistically all you need to do is get like you know two to five thousand steps in during the day just to keep the body ticking along nicely from all perspectives and um, and obviously that's not applicable to everyone. Like if you are literally spewing out both ends, you're not really thinking of, Oh, I must go out for a 30 minute walk there now. You know, like that's, you're, you're probably thinking if you are going to do that, like where are the toilet stops along the way, you know? Um, so like, obviously it's not applicable to everyone, you know, but still getting some light activity in is probably a good idea and will only help the overall recovery process. So do you have anything else to add to that, Gary? No, I think that think that covers it. Pretty simple question, practical answers, and that's about what you need to know. As we said, there there are literally countless ways that you could be sick or could be ill. What we're talking about here are the general things that more people experience commonly, like the common cold, an upper respiratory tract infection, maybe a bit of an upset stomach, those kind of things. This is not advice for people who have pericarditis or you're having a heart attack obviously you know but sometimes you need to give those caveats so yeah there you go right so gary where can people find us where can they engage with our services let's do a quick one so they don't have to listen for the next 15 minutes do you fucking jabbering on give me the fucking bullet points triage method newsletter every sunday morning exclusive article and supplementary content from up from throughout the week get on it linked below triage method community facebook group free access access to us, access to other trainers, interesting discussions, posting your questions, get on that. Um, as you know, our services are available, online coaching, that's one-to-one, -one, more intense, more expensive, but very high value. Group coaching, less expensive, um, less hands-on, but still very valuable and very cost-effective. 
um, and then the program templates and the beginner's guidebook, that's the information station and where you can get your templates to start getting on the training path. And finally, what's left? Follow the rest of our social media, you know, keep up. Instagram and YouTube, that's where we want you to follow. I'm going to get that Instagram to over 10K followers because Gary wants to do a swipe up. Because then I don't have to sign into my own Instagram to do swipe ups. Pretty nice, like. That'd be great. Right. I have nothing else to add to that. Um, peace out, everyone. Enjoy your the rest of your week. And uh, I love you. XOXO. Goodbye.